Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Kate Middleton take over Prince Harry's former role as the Duchess and Prince William make a suburban move. And it is a beautiful part of the country. It is suburban. It's not really considered the most highbrow area, mm-hmm. um, but I think it is a beautiful place to bring up your kids. Plus, Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan address COVID-19 misinformation on Spotify as his security dilemma is said to be putting stress on the queen. It's like the, the analogy of the duck where it's very calm on the water and it's lots of flapping underneath. And that's really how they like to run their business. So I'm sure that everyone's very stressed about the way Harry is going about things. And royal photographer Sam and Zach Hussein tell us all about Princess Diana's new exhibit and the stories behind some of her most iconic photos. I think we wanted to tell the story of her life through all the pictures, but also we wanted to tell the stories behind the pictures as well, sort of firsthand from what we experienced. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine. Welcome to another week of royal news. And Christine, I'm so excited. This is going to be a really fun show. We have such an exciting interview with Zach and Sam and they they tell such fascinating stories uh, behind some of their royal photographs. I know we have some really cool stories to get through, but I actually think that interview is really the highlight this week. Oh, totally. So let's, uh, before we get to all of that, let's check in to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. And it got a lot of people talking, especially all about this Prince Harry security issue. So kick it off with PETA says, if his security is at risk in UK and he is safer in the US, then better to stay in the USA. The royal family would understand if he cannot go back. He could go there without announcing his plan for visit, but instead he wants to make noise and make demands. Uh, there's a, this is so complicated <laughs> yeah. on so many different I levels. Know. You know, I've said it so many times that really, if he feels like his family is safer in the U.S., then that's the choice that he needs to make. And all of us would make the choice that we really, you know, feel is safest for our, for our kids. Yeah, totally. Brian says props to the security guy that came on dropping truth bombs and explaining the risk. And he's absolutely right about the assessment. It's about spite because that's the only logistical conclusion uh, a sane person can make. This assessment is coming from a professional who's probably seen all kinds of risks and he knows BS when he sees it. I kind of have to agree with this. It does seem a little bit out of spite at this point. Like, But on the other hand, if they grant um, Harry security for one, they have to do it for all. 
It, like we said, this one's so complicated. Yeah. And Jocelyn says Harry deserves all the security he's willing to pay for. He's not asking British taxpayers to, to vote the bill. What is the problem? Andrew is not a working royal, yet security was not taken away. Who is paying his security bills and the upkeeping of the Royal Lodge double standard? Um, he can, Harry can get security, but they won't have the police protection that that could provide. So basically, you know, if you go back and watch our interview from last week, he, uh, Richard kind of breaks it all down, but it is, it's a very complicated situation. Definitely. All right, well, let's get to our Royal Roundup. And Duchess Kate is set to become the new Royal patron of the Rugby Football Union and Rugby Football League. Now, this is a role previously held by Prince Harry, and the move is set to be announced imminently and would mark the first of one of Prince Harry's former patronages to be redistributed to another member of the royal family. Um, And this is, of course, since they stepped back from their royal duties um, quite some time ago. So this uh, actually sets up a bit of a rivalry between her and Prince William right yeah i'm i'm hugely excited about this not only because my family's english rugby fans but because william and kate are so competitive as a couple i love when they're competing with each other and william is the royal patron of the welsh rugby league so anytime england and wales are playing each other you know it's going to be a showdown in their house (laughs) i love this i love a little rivalry and it's and this is uh, seems like a, a pretty interesting thing for kate to take on like we said it's the first one that um, Harry will be replaced on. So it seems like she's getting a lot of uh, royal responsibilities coming her way. Definitely. You know, she's so passionate about sports, especially um, and how it aids in mental health and mental well-being. So this is such a good fit for her. Totally. All right. Well, let's move on to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle because they are expressing their concerns over misinformation tied to the COVID-19 pandemic and its place on Spotify. So, of course, they have this exclusive multi-year deal deal with with Spotify, and they said that they first contacted the company to express concerns about the all too too real consequences of COVID-19 misinformation on the platform back in April of 2021. So they recently released a statement after this whole Joe Rogan, uh, Neil Young kind of uh, debacle. So in a statement, they said, since the inception of Arch Well, we have worked to address the real time global misinformation crisis. Hundreds of millions of people are affected by the serious harms of rampant mis mis and disinformation every day. Last April, our co-founders began expressing concerns to our partners at Spotify about the all too real consequences. Um, We have continued to express our concerns to Spotify to ensure changes to his platform and are made to help address this public health crisis. They look forward to meeting with Spotify and continuing their conversation. So interesting that they put out this statement. It seems like a lot of people are pulling their music podcasts um, from the platform because of this COVID-19 misinformation. It's it's such an interesting just story in general. And I love that Meghan and Harry kind of lent their voice to it. You know, they've been really passionate about um, vaccine awareness and they did several events campaigning for people to get vaccinated. So I can definitely see how this would really conflict with their beliefs and with what R12 is really working towards. Right. It'll be interesting to see if they end up pulling uh, from this. I mean, they do have this multi-year deal, so it'll probably be hard to really break a contract, but um, we'll see what happens with that one. All right. Well, Prince William and Kate um, will be bringing their star power to Commonwealth nations, including Belize this spring as part of a Caribbean tour to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee this year. They um, is also understood that they are going to be planning a trip to Jamaica, which has flirted with the idea of becoming a republic. So this is definitely interesting. A Royal Caribbean tour. 
I think that the tropical tours, you know, when they go to the Caribbean or to Australia and New Zealand, those tend to be so fun. They're very, you know, relaxed. There's lots of, you know, volleyball on the beach sort of events. Um, but what's really exciting is that there's a rumor that this is going to happen in March and um, George and Charlotte actually have a school break in March as well. So there's just a little bit of speculation that this might be a whole family trip. There's no, you know, evidence to support that. Um, but how amazing would that be? Oh my God. The photographs, the fashion, everything would just be amazing. Hopefully it all works out and we'll have, we'll get it. We haven't seen the kids like out and about in quite some time with COVID and everything. So it would definitely be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Prince Charles made his reality TV show debut on ITV's keeping up with the aristocrats, not keeping up with the Kardashians, everybody don't worry. Um, So it's kind of surprising. He made a, a reality show debut. Yeah, I'm so I'm going to try and catch this on um, iPlayer and see if I can see the episode because it sounds uh, interesting. Uh, The Prince of Wales attends a livestock show and chats with the host all about farming. And they're sort of comparing cow breeds, which I think is probably not interesting to most people. But it's interesting that the future king of England is out in the mud in his boots, talking to farmers really down to earth with the people getting dirty, getting his hands yep. dirty. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. Well, speaking of messy situations, uh, Prince Andrew has formally denied allegations that he sexually abused uh, Virginia Guffrey and has demanded a jury trial in her civil lawsuit. So this was an 11 page of filing responded um, to the allegations in her lawsuit in which she alleged that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked her and forced her to have sex with his friends, including Andrew, and that Andrew was aware she was underage in the U.S. at the time. So this, um, you know, this is all on Andrew. The royal family has nothing to do with him since they cut ties with him. Um, so this can really be a messy case. He has until July to speak out, but it seems like he, if this is not settled, he wants the jury to kind of decide his fate. Yeah, I think this is such an interesting move and an interesting choice that Andrew's made. You have to one, you have to hope that his legal counsel is providing him with, you know, good support and resources. I think the most interesting thing that I've read is the financial implications. They're estimating that this will cost Prince Andrew about five million dollars, and they're also estimating that he's only worth about seven million dollars. So, so I don't know what kind of math they're doing or how they're selling this to Andrew to make these choices, but I I hope that you know justice is served in the end. Seriously, well, only time will tell, and we will be updating you guys as this story unfolds. But let's move on and spill some royal tea. And it seems like the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are ready for a move. So there are some reports that they were going to. Split their time between two primary residences, Kensington Palace in London and their country home, Amner Hall in Norfolk. Um, according to the Daily Mail, a source close to the royal family says Will and Kate will move to Berkshire and start a quiet life in the country because they feel like at this stage in their life, suburbia makes perfect sense. Now, this also kind of makes sense because they would be closer to Windsor Castle. And there were some reports that they would be moving to Windsor Castle a few months back. Yeah, so they'd be closer to Windsor Castle where they could still carry on a lot of their royal duties. But it's important to note that um, Kate's parents and Kate's sister live in Berkshire as well. You know, the kids can grow up with their cousins and it is a beautiful part of the country. It is suburban. It's not really considered the most highbrow area, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it is a beautiful place to bring up your kids. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they make the move. It'd be interesting. All right. Well, there are reports that Prince William is frustrated that Prince Harry made his security 
fight public, according to OK Magazine, Williams sympathizes with Harry's insistence on defending his family, but he's appalled at how Harry's handling the matter because of the stress it's putting on the queen and the monarchy. I can understand that. I'm sure if this is, you know, true that, you know, I'm sure the queen is probably stressed out about this. I mean, I'm sure in one hand she wants to see her grandson, her great grandchildren, but um, once again, making their private issues public. Again, they're such a private family. They usually like to take care of these things behind the scenes. You know, it's like the the analogy of the duck where it's very calm on the water and it's lots of flapping underneath. And that's really how they like to run their business. So I'm sure that everyone's very stressed about the way Harry is going about things. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules and to help us do that are Sam and Zach Hussein. They are two of the one of the most iconic royal photographers out there. And they teamed up with their father, Anwar, to create this beautiful exhibition of Princess Diana. And they are here to tell us all about it. So take a look. Well, thank you guys both so much for joining us today. We are so excited to chat about this beautiful exhibit. So tell us all about it and why you and your father wanted to put this together. So it's basically been, um, I'd say, nearly two years in the making. Mm-hmm. And um, we as a family felt it was kind of the right time to share some of our favourite pictures and the stories behind them. And it's the, it's the first time all of our pictures have been displayed side by side like this. So it's, it's pretty exciting for us as a family. It's so neat that this really is kind of a family legacy that you guys are putting together. I think that really makes the exhibit, you know, extra special. Um, Zach, you said that your father has about a million photos of of Princess Diana. How on earth did you, I mean, aside from all the photos that I know you both have taken of the royals, how did you narrow these down? Uh, Well, it's uh, obviously a very long process to... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think we wanted to tell the story of her life through all the pictures, but also we wanted to tell the stories behind the pictures as well, sort of firsthand from what we experienced. So, um, you know, the the exhibition is divided into different rooms, showing different elements of her life. Um, For example, like her early years as a young, shy girl, also her work as a humanitarian, all her fashion. So there's a lot to see. And, you know, we worked along with the producers to identify, uh, you know, chapters of this walkthrough documentary. And from there, we kind of collaborated on photos and decided on the best stories we wanted to tell. So it was, it was a long process, but, um, you know, it was great to revisit some of our um, some of our photos and, and get to tell the stories behind them. Definitely. Yeah, I- very difficult as well when you when you're sort of going through your own photos to to pick to to necessarily pick yourself because you're you're sort of emotionally attached to certain photos <laughs> so luckily you know we did have all these these great themes that the producers came and the creators came up with so we could link everything together and um it was really great when we sort of started seeing it all to come together and all these comparisons we could do with my dad's photos of Diana mm-hmm. over the years. And it just brought it all together really nicely. So it was good that we, um, you know, had creators working with us as well that could bring these, bring these themes to life and yeah, bring, bring it into this kind of documentary style that we wanted the uh, exhibition to be. Yeah. I mean, speaking, I mean, you mentioned that you were, you know, you become emotionally attached to some of these photos. I mean, which photo in the exhibit resonates with both of you the most? Yeah. I mean, it's so difficult. There's so many elements to the, to the, uh, to the exhibition that it's, it's very hard to pin down any particular favorite part to it because you, you know, you look at one part of it and you think, oh, this is great. And then you, uh, you know, you look at something else and you think, oh, 
you know, that that's really great. And it just brings back so many memories of things that, you know, you experienced yourself as well. Like, um, for example, the Taj Mahal picture I took of um, William and Kate in front of the Taj Mahal is, is, you know, a particular highlight for me in my career. So, you know, that's one of my, uh, and it's, it's great to see it displayed side by side with my dad's picture of mm-hmm. Diana um, outside the Taj Mahal as well. So, you know, there's, there's things like that that you, you get to see as a family, our, our pictures side by side, but also pictures of the royals side by side. I think that you bring up such a good point with the comparison between, you know, Diana's iconic portrait at the Taj Mahal and then William and Kate's moment um, in the same spot. And I remember that event. I remember there being so much pressure for this shot because there w- we all knew that that comparison was going to be made. Um, based on your experience and kind of, you know, your father's experience, what he might have shared with you, can you kind of... Um, share the comparison, I guess, like how, how was it taking that photo of Diana versus taking that photo of William and Kate? Well, I mean, the the photo of William and Kate, it was, we didn't actually know if they were going to do it or not. You know, we were told (laughs) that they, you know, that they might do it, but you know, it was ultimately up to them. So they weren't asked to do it by anyone. And it was a case of, you know, them making a decision at the last minute whether they were going to sit on that bench. So, you know, I was there poised up, ready to take the picture, but not knowing if it was going to happen. But of course they did. And it was it was just a really special moment. And, you know, as a photographer, when you take a picture like that, it's it's a really, you know, career sort of highlight of your career because it's such an iconic picture. It's such a historical picture. And in the back of your mind, you're photographing it thinking, wow, this is this is a real special moment. Mm-hmm. And also not only that, knowing that my dad had done, you know, the same picture with uh, William's uh, mother, Diana, as well on the same bench. So it was, it was one of those kind of great moments. And it's just so nice to share that in the exhibition as well. Mm-hmm. I know throughout this exhibition as well, you're also telling the stories behind the, the photos like you are now, which I think is so interesting. And I think a lot of people are going to find so fascinating when you were sitting down with your dad and going through these photos, what story really stood out to the both of you that he told? And does he have a favorite photo of Diana that he has taken? I mean, we spoke to him a lot over the years, but this, we heard a lot more. Um, and I think one thing that stood out for him, which is, um, I think, his favorite picture and also um what well, diana's favorite picture was a picture he took in um pakistan um where she is cradling a a blind boy i think it is um in in lahore at one of the hospitals there um and even though the boys um i think he's blind he might have even been deaf as well but you can just see he's 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 looking at um he's looking at diana and he, you can just see that 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 the comfort she's given him um, and just, just such, just, just so genuine um, and very unusual for a Royal to be, um, to be that, that tactile and, and show that kind of warmth. Um, so I think, and, and that's just a lovely picture. And I think that's something that really resonates with him. And that was just fascinating hearing about, hearing about that. And also that it was, you know, Diana's favorite as well. Have you gone back after a Royal event into your camera roll and you're like, I just really didn't think that anything happened or I got that good shot. And then you go back and you're like, oh my God, I just, I'm on like, like Royal gold right now. Yeah. Um, happens quite a lot actually. Cause it's, you know, quite that, that, you know, Royal events can be, you know, there's, Quite often they're just, you know, they're just they're just meeting people and they're just, there's a lot of handshakes and stuff like that and there's not much going on. But suddenly, when you least expect it out of the blue, 
a picture can come and it can just be, and perfect example would be like the, that Harry and Meghan picture in the rain, which was literally just a split second when they looked and smiled at each other and, and everything came together. And sometimes you sort of, you sort of see it in the back of your camera, this um, a moment happening and it can just be, can just be a split second, but you, you, you're pressing, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to capture it, but you're not sure if you've captured it properly because they might have their eyes closed. Mm. There's so many different elements that is, is a picture properly sharp. Are you showing it in the right way? Um, I've, one off the top of my head would be a great example of a really, just a really, really spontaneous moment was um, when we, <clears throat> when I was photographing um William, Kate and Harry at Paddington Station and they had somebody dressed up as Paddington Bear at the station and this wasn't, we didn't really know this was happening but um, this guy, a life-size Paddington Bear suddenly appeared and really spontaneously he just grabbed Kate and started dancing with her and it, mm-hmm. and it happened for just a, a few seconds and they did I think one twirl um, but it was just such a great spontaneous moment and you're kind of snapping away, but there's moments when she was blocked and you couldn't really get it. But looking back at the, I was like, oh, have I got it? Have I got it? And it was only after I sort of downloaded it and went through and there's one picture where you can see her face and she's smiling and it wasn't blocked mm-hmm. and it all came, came together. And this, that happens a lot when you're photographing the roles. It's just these little special moments, mm-hmm. um, really spontaneous, but when it does all come together, it just makes it so special. Also, it's it's a really nice moment when you don't realise you've got a picture and you download the card and you're going through them and then you suddenly come across a picture that you didn't even realise you'd taken and it's you know that that's pretty satisfying when you you know you come across a picture like that. But yeah, I mean it's it, like Sam says, um, you know you don't know what's going to happen at these jobs. They anything can happen in a split second and you've got to be ready to take it. Like. Another example uh, was uh, Princess Charlotte at a sailing event and uh, she was with Kate and uh, suddenly there was this huge crowd there gathered to see them and Charlotte just for a split second um, stuck her tongue out at the the crowd and there's this great moment where Kate's just kind of pulling her face laughing and sort of embarrassed by her daughter that stuck her tongue out and you know, uh, I think Sam took the picture as well. And but a lot of photographers around us didn't get it because it only happened for a split second. So mm-hmm. it's all these things you've got to be ready to to capture these moments. And do you see a lot of um, Diana in Kate and in Megan when you take these photos and what's kind of the interaction? Because we don't see we're you know, we're not privy to be on the ground with them at these royal events. And what's kind of the interactions between William and Kate? What are, what are, What's their dynamic like when they're at these royal events? Well, I think um, William and Kate are just, they're, they're a proper team. You can see the way they are together, that they, they just naturally work together as a, as a, as a proper team, but um, also, you know, a couple that are very much in love. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, I guess they're professional at what they do. They're very good people, you know, good with people. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that there's definite elements of Diana and Kate and Megan, that kind of natural affinity they have with the people they meet. And you just look at the way that they, when they greet people or meet children, there's that warmth that comes across that I think, well, Diana had as well, obviously you can, we can see that in all the pictures of Diana and the way she, the way she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's that humanitarian aspect that Diana had that has really rubbed off on, on her kids and, I think undoubtedly it's influenced Kate and Megan as well. I think they're 
you know, all, all four of them are very, very natural people, very natural with kids. Um, they're very tactile. They will, will go and um, talk to them. They will give um, people hugs. And I think Dan is a huge influence on, on all of that, for sure. Samir and Zach, thank you both so much for taking so much time and speaking with, with us today. Um, if you could let everybody know where they can get more info on the exhibit and where they can purchase tickets if they're in Los Angeles and Chicago. PrincessDianaExhibition.com is the website yes. and you can purchase tickets through that. And we've also got the Princess Diana Exhibition on Instagram and Facebook. So that's the, that's the handle, Princess Diana Exhibition. All right. Well, definitely check it out. If you are in Los Angeles or California, get your tickets and use code Diana 10 off for 10% off tickets and check it out. I think it's going to be amazing. Looks so cool. I hope yeah. you're coming to Totally. All right. Well, let's get to our Royal History moment of the week. I love this story because Queen Elizabeth has released her own brand of condiments, including <laughs> tomato ketchup and brown sauce, which is kind of like a steak sauce. The products are made at um, her home in Sandringham and they're using ingredients from the ground. I love this. I'm actually going up to Sandringham soon. So I think I'll pick up a bottle and report back. Um, <laughs> the bottles are for sale for about $9 um, a bottle, which is, you know, a bit on the higher end for a bottle of ketchup. But I think it's really cool that, you know, the the Royal Collection is kind of producing these, um, these products. I love it so much. And before we wrap up, let's check in our Royal Kids and Prince William is going through, I'm sure something that we're both going through, monitoring Prince George's screen time because he's falling in love with computer games. Apparently he's a big gamer these days. Something tells me it's Fortnite, something about boys that age love Fortnite. Um, but yeah, he says he's having to, you know, having these screen time bottles and having to really monitor what George is doing now. Uh, we, we, we feel your point. We feel your pain. <laughs> we for feel you. <laughs> well, Christine, thank you for running down all things Royals with me as always. Thank you so much. This was really fun. So much fun. Guys, keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you next week.